I see you, yeah you, flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases, a one-size-fits-all quick fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. Welcome back to In the Red. You know, I just wanted to share a couple of thoughts with you today. But before we get into it, thank you for coming and being with us. Thank you for listening again. We've not scared you off yet. You keep coming back, which is exciting to me because that means we continue these conversations. We continue to share uh, the world around us. And I believe thoughts that will help us not only get through it, but get through it together, that we can come to a table and we can sit down and have conversation. We probably differ on a lot of things, which is pretty interesting, right? That we could sit here and and, and talk. And I know I'm the only one talking, but I, I really hope that I'm introducing some thoughts or at least opening you up to some information to help expand you. Doesn't mean you have to believe like I believe. Doesn't mean you have to uh, toe the line with everything that I believe, but no, it, this is a place of information gathering, different perspective. As one of my early podcast episodes is titled "Perspective Expansion." When you sit with people, when you spend time with people who are differing than you, it's those places where we're challenged to grow, where we're invited to grow. If you're in the right place, and that's what I hope this is. I hope this for you is an invitation to grow, an invitation to learn, an invitation to receive something that you may not have tapped into before. I only do this because I've been in those places and I've seen the need for it. I see the need for conversation. And I want this to be a conversation starter, a place where we can begin to share information, to pick our interests, to put us in places, to have thoughts and to talk to people who differ than us. And today I want to talk about something uh, that I think is just intermingled in our society, whether we know it or not. We live in a microwave society. Everything is boom, 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 right? Quick, quick, quick. You get the fastest food. If, if it's not done uh, by the time you get there, because now you can just pick up this phone and order away. Like, remember the old days when we wanted it fast? We would have to physically drive up to the drive through make our order, set in line, and then we would complain because we had to wait five seconds versus the 45 minutes it would take us to cook our own meal. But we had a couple of extra minutes because there was a backup for a big order in front of us. And God bless the world. It just slowed down. But now we don't even have to wait. We just get on our phone from the comfort of our home. We can dial in the order. Then we could take one of two choices. We can either drive up there and pick it up because it will already be ready Or we could even be super lazy and have someone deliver it to us. Wow, what a country. What a time in the world, right? We just don't have to do anything. We can just get everything that I can continue to do all this stuff and boom, boom, boom. Like it's everything is so quick. We don't take pride in slowing down anymore. 
We don't hang our hat on moments of quietness. You know, over the weekend, we had some friends visit us. And on a lazy Saturday, there was a lot of football. And if you're not a football person, I apologize for you. Uh, We're still praying for you. But the weekend after Thanksgiving is notorious for good football. It's what they call rivalry weekend. So all of the rivalry schools are playing. And more times than not, even on a school that may have a, a very lopsided record compared to the other team, there's generally close games, which is exciting. So our friends came and they have young daughters, three and five years old, that they uh, left home with their parents and took a couple of days away uh, just for the two of them. And they come and spent time with us. And we really didn't have a lot planned other than some dinner plans and some things here and there. They really just came so we could spend some time together. And on that Saturday with football on, we found ourselves on our couch. And if you don't know, our couch is a place of slumber. Everything slows down in the heart household. If you ever get to our house and on our couch, you'll find out real quick with a family of five, we wanted a couch that could fit us all comfortably, but a place that we could find rest and solace on Sunday afternoons, generally, unless it's football season, and I'm probably rooting on my Titans. You'll find me with golf on the TV volume down a little bit and me snuggled in for a little bit of nap following the sermon of the day. Uh, when I leave church, I'm, there's a place of mental exhaustion when you just give. If you're a public speaker, you probably know what I'm talking about. A teacher, uh, as a preacher, as a pastor, Sunday afternoons after preaching Sunday morning, there's a, a place where I'm kind of just in a, a mental fog for a little bit. And I like to come home and just relax. But I rewind a little bit. So our friends were here and we were watching football and we were just laid up on the couch, had the fire burning. It was cold outside. And my wife said later, she goes, man, we're horrible hosts. Like, are we just that boring that we they came in and we just forced them to sleep on our, or, you know, sleep, but rest on our couch for a while. And then talking to them later, they said, no, this is exactly what we needed. They said, our, our pace back home is just boom, boom, boom. We have kids three and five. They don't slow down until it's bedtime. And anybody knows with young kids, when the kids sleep, then you sleep because you never know how long that sleep's going to last. And they're business owners. So there's constant work and business and things that have to get done. Uh, Many times he will come home with the family and then even go back after the kids are asleep to finish up some work. So this was really just a moment to pause, to invest some time and energy in this moment, both with relationship and connection, both with a peaceful time of rest, with really to unravel for a moment, to position for what's next. And I've thought about this a lot because, you know, in the society we have, I I use the the, um, title today, Haste Makes Waste. And it's something we've said a long time, but I think we don't associate haste in the way we're supposed to. Like many people quote that saying, but they don't understand how close they are to being hasty in life. Like haste has almost become the status quo, knowingly or unknowingly. So I wanted to share some thoughts because, uh, you know, coming out of this weekend, coming out of those moments together, I, I realized how important that space is at times and how often we don't take it or almost feel guilty when we do because of the pace outside because of the the pace that's moving and flying past us at a rapid rate, because 
you know, if you're an entrepreneur, all entrepreneurs, you just got to keep moving, moving. If you're going to make it, you got to you got to outwin everybody. You got to outsell everybody. You got to outdo everybody. And then you get in this place of constant doing for fear that someone else is going to overtake you. And then this is the place of burnout. This is where you begin to sacrifice your family time. This is when you begin to sacrifice your own sanity. So I want to share with you uh, first some definitions. I'm a definition guy. And then I want to share you some scripture because, yes, I am a pastor. And uh, what you'll find generally for you that may not believe in uh, the Bible or anything like that, a lot of the things that are written in society, a lot of the things that we say, especially in business and things like that, have a birthplace in the Bible. If you ever want to read about a very smart man, go read about King Solomon. And it's documented in history. He was an actual person. I know. Well, the Bible's not real. Okay, whatever. But King Solomon was a very wise man. And people from all over would come to speak to him and talk to him and receive his knowledge. So what you find is a lot of these um, lot of these threads within the societies around us, the business, a lot of uh, smart scholars throughout the years carry on. A lot of the things he said from one of the books in the Bible, which he wrote the majority of, and that is Proverbs. But I want to talk about haste today. And I want to connect it to a, another to a scripture, but another word that I believe we need to be more intentional with that sounds a lot like haste, but it's not. So haste means this, a rapidity of motion or swiftness or rash or headlong action rash or headlong action, or an undue eagerness to act. So I want you to take the full breadth of that definition, if you will. There's specifically the two. The rash action is one that I think uh, we're like, well, I, I don't take case because I don't take rash actions. But then think about the second part of that, the undue eagerness to act. Because here's what I'm I'm talking about. I don't think if you know anything about the two types of energy, there is potential energy, and then there's kinetic energy. Potential is the um, the ability to move, but without moving, it's it's um, it's in you. But if you're not moving, it's potential. But the moment you start moving, then your kinetic energy is moving. And I think we get into a place of haste where we don't understand our potential energy because we constantly are required to have kinetic energy. But like anything, if your kinetic energy is good, like let's say you have a downhill and you roll uh, a rock downhill, it's in kinetic. But at the top of the hill, before you go down the hill, that's potential because it's not moving. But as soon as you move it, it's gone. Who? Um but many of us are going uh, crazy and we're relying on the world around us to move us or drive us. And in that space of eventually that's got to run out. We're not always going to be operating in a downhill motion. So when the kinetic energy rolls out, then where is the potential energy? But it's in this broken mindset of we this undue eagerness to act because you constantly have to be acting that you miss the moments of rest. You miss the moments that prepare you, the buildup of something to, to position you, because as anybody knows, if you don't get sleep, you're generally going to run out of gas in some point or another. If you don't fill the tank in your car, eventually you're going to run out of gas, right? So why do we think that we are no different? Like we can just continue to run, run, run and go, but there's really strength in taking the moments to rest, 
to breathe, to evaluate what the next step is. Because if you don't take those moments, then you can find yourself moving at a pace based on what somebody else is doing. You can find yourself based on making decisions based on what other people are doing. And you really don't have a focus on how fast you're supposed to go, on what you should be doing, because you're letting other people drive you, control you, move you. This is where haste gets us in trouble. Because, as the definition said again, rash or headlong action. What that means is we're moving without any intention. We're moving as a result of what somebody else is doing. Have you ever been in that place in your life? Maybe it's with your kids and you just are constantly moving or doing because your kids are constantly moving and doing. It's like I said earlier, if you have toddlers, you know what I'm talking about. You sleep when the babies sleep because when they're up, you're in the middle of a hasty season. You got to constantly be on top of it. You can't let a baby that's crawling just go about their own way. Like you got to be on it. So there is seasons of haste, I believe, but in that moment, then you have to be very intentional when it slows down and you have to really take control of the slow down moments. But then if you compare it to life and business and even ministry, then we can get to a place where haste becomes the norm knowingly or unknowingly, where we're constantly responding, reacting, and we have no intentionality on where we're going, what we're doing, and why we're doing it. So I want to go to the scripture, and I want to give you this, this, this lens, if you will, to come back to another word. There's two that I want to say. Proverbs 21.5 says, the plans of the diligent, I want to hear that word again, diligent, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. Now, if I asked a business owner what he's looking to have, I would probably say that most would say, I would love to have an abundance. Abundance is what they're seeking, right? So the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty only comes to poverty. And I think this really comes back to management. Who's managing your time, your money, your resources? Because all those go in together. Is it you or is it someone else? This is where hasty movements, rash or headlong actions, running into something because something's driving you. You're not driving yourself. That puts you into a place where, according to this scripture, poverty is your future. Because you're probably going to run out of gas. You're going to run out of desire. You're going to run out of the ability or the desire to do what you're doing because you're going to be tired, worn out, or somebody's going to do constantly do it better than you. You'll feel less than. You get the identity uh, complex where you're constantly struggling to be something you're not and always falling short. But the word diligent, diligent stands out. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. So let's look at the word diligent. What is that? mean? Because I think realistically, although diligence, what we've intended to be or what we want to be, hasty has been where we're at. Hasty is the speed of the world around us. It is what we see many people doing, spinning their wheels, constantly going. Um, You can find it all over social media. You can find it all over social media and people have just become, this become the norm. Well, it's diligent. No, it's haste if you really look at it. Why are you making the moves? Are you doing it because you want to, because you need to, or are you doing it because somebody else is doing it and you're trying to keep up with the Benjamins? 
So let's see what diligent is. Diligent means characterized by steady, earnest, and energetic effort. Okay, steady, earnest, and energetic effort. We're going to go right in the middle there, earnest. What does earnest mean? And we're not talking about earnest saves Christmas. And if you don't know what that means, then you're really not as old as I am. And God bless you. Um, I would not even suggest that you go back and watch Ernest Saves Christmas or Ernest Goes to Camp. It was one of those shows when I was a kid that was funny at the time, but it was really uh, a bit of a train wreck. So if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, just move right on from this conversation and say, okay, we're going we're gonna to carry on. So Ernest, characterized by or proceeding from an intense and serious state of mind. Important, a serious and intent mental state, a considerable or impressive degree or amount. So Ernest is, I'm going to use a different word and say intentional, intent. It's not busy, it's intentional. So then, characterized by steady, intentional, and energetic effort. See, when you're intent, when you have the intent, and somebody else is not driving you, that's when you can do earnest work. But if you're constantly looking at somebody else, doing what you do to compare to them, to be better than them, that's not earnest. It has no intent. Well, it does have an intent, but you don't know what it is because you're merely operating off somebody else. So your intent is lost because you're basing off somebody else's intent. Right? If I want to be something, if I want to accomplish this 50 I don't know, volumes of something, whatever I'm working on. And I, when I get to the number 50, let's say push-ups, I'm going to do 50 push-ups. That is earnest work that I get down and start doing these push-ups. Now, if I look over at the guy next to me in the gym, who's probably three times my size, and he's doing push-ups, and my intent is to do 20 more than him, guess what? It's not my intent anymore. Because I never know my number until he finishes. I have lost the ability to be intentional with what I'm doing. I'm being intentional about what they're doing. So it's not my intent. My intent is just to be better to you. But how crazy is that? Like this guy is going to drive me bananas because he's probably going to throw up a hundred push-ups. And if if I'm going to do 20 more than him... I've just contributed a lot more time than I had planned to, a lot more energy. And I can assure you, if I got to do 120 push-ups, I'm going to be there a little bit longer than him probably because I've lost my intent and I'm working off of his. Steady. You can do steady work and still find moments of rest. Why? Because it's in moments of rest that I find some of the most refreshing moments of restoration right here between my ears. Rest is necessary. It's those moments where I, I, I get there and it's in thought where something clicks, something I may have said or done that morning in sermons that clicks, that connects to the next piece of the puzzle that directs me where I'm supposed to go next or whatever it is. But I'm, I'm not hasty, moving, moving, moving. Like if I'm constantly talking and, and preaching, rarely in those moments of doing, do you inhabit like, you connect with the next step. It's possible if you're intentional about it, 
But if the haste comes off of the undue or eagerness to act, you're not even thinking ahead. You're thinking about what do I have to do right now? I hope this is clicking. An energetic effort. Energy. Energy requires rest. You don't just get this constant flow of energy. That's not how it works. Your body, you have to breathe in and you breathe out. You, When you get sleep, it restores your energy. You can't run off energy drinks and coffee all day. Although my time in the Navy, I saw several people who would constantly be drinking and chugging coffee. And it will last for a while. But eventually, I can assure you, you are destined for a crash. And I think that's where we're at today. A lot of people who are moving hasty, I, I see people in business and entrepreneurs a lot that you can just see it in their eyes. There's almost a glaze that comes over at some point because they're on fumes. They're operating off doing something better than somebody else, doing it because somebody else is doing it and they don't even know why they're doing it. And they're headed for this wall. I see it in ministry all the time where pastors don't have times of rest because they feel like that because somebody else is doing it better. Their co- somebody else's congregation is bigger because somebody else's church has more money coming in. They feel like they're in this constant state of trying to achieve the success that somebody else has dictated for them. And there's no rest. There's no intentional moment. But I want to challenge you today. Here's another scripture. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. What does that even mean, right? Does that mean God's out there punishing those who hasten to be rich? No, I believe it's a self-punishment. That's Proverbs 28.20. Whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. See, I will assure you today when you're you're undue and unnecessary and running headlong into the door to be rich, when that's your pursuit, when the thing you're looking for most, that's yours, there will be punishment. Usually it comes in the form of mistakes that add up, broken relationships, Because your desire is centered around something that really has no fruit, has no virtue to it. What is the purpose of being rich? Is it to be better than the person next to you? To have more than your neighbor? To be better than your dad was? Maybe even to be better than your wife's ex-boyfriend was? See, this is where the intent comes. Rich is just a, a blip, a line, a, a, a point in time where rich, what is rich? What is it? What is determined by rich? Is it a certain amount of money? No. Who are the richest people in the world? The people who have more money than other people. What's intentional about that? They have no idea. If, if your desire is to be rich, it's just to have more. Then my question to you is, what are you doing with what you have? If you're spending all your time and energy running towards more, then you're going to neglect to see the moments you have right here, right now, that are available to you because of where you're at. We go back to that abundance. The abundance and rich are two different things. Yeah, I guess we got to look up abundance now, don't we? That's okay. We got time. And I have a smartphone. Abundant. 
existing or occurring in large amounts, marked by great plenty, amply supplied. See, there is a desire, there's a declaration uh, in that first scripture that diligent work produces abundance. It produces ample amounts, more than what you need. You can get there intently. But it's hard to get there when you're in hasty pursuit of more. See, I'm here to tell you today from a pastoral perspective, from a scripture perspective, God wanted man to be abundant because he wanted us to be in a place where we could be a blessing to others. But if our constant pursuit is of more, then we'll miss the moments where we see or we fail to see that we have an ample supply right now, an abundance for right now that we can do beyond what we could even think because we're constantly chasing after tomorrow, constantly chasing after somebody, constantly chasing after more. I want to encourage you in this holiday season, this little blur between Thanksgiving and Christmas, because that's what it's going to be like as we get gifts and run through the, the, the day to day, as we get closer to the time off with our families and all the things, as the new year approaches, I want to challenge you. Stop and take a breath. Find a moment to rest. Stop chasing after more for five seconds. Really stop post Thanksgiving and find a moment to say, I'm thankful for where I'm at and what I have. Because there's so many people who couldn't even fathom chasing after more because they barely have enough now. This is the season that we can really walk in to a mindset of being a gift to those around us, to helping others, to helping our children see in our actions and maybe through our inactions how important it is to be diligent and not hasty. I hope this is helping you. I hope it's challenged you to think beyond the steady rat race that we've been pulled into. Take a moment. Because if you don't, and you continue the pace you're on, the hasty tread of life, you'll find yourself in the red. God bless. Have an amazing week. I'll talk to you soon. Let's go.